Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. On day three, where we are going to be covering everything in relation to building great culture. So give me a quick hello in the comments. What are you most excited about learning today? Whoops. What are you most excited to learn? Hey, Erica. Hi, Diane. Hey, Lisa. I see so many people joining us here again for day three. Been here all the days. Amazing. Hi, Jackie. Awesome. Jennifer, so amazing to see all of you here today. And thanks so much for joining me here live. So as a quick reminder, we're here every single day for the next two more days. So today, tomorrow, and Friday, we're at one o'clock Eastern. Make sure you have your workbook in front of you. Okay. And for those of you that have not had a chance to connect yet with your concierge, with your accountability advisor, you all have one. If you're here live, it means that you are matched up with someone. So if you have not connected with her, that is one of the key um, components of getting results during these next couple of days. So I want you to stop what you're doing, go into your Facebook messenger and click on all messages. So you can see the messages from people that aren't your friends. That is where your accountability advisor is sitting. And she's there to support you, to help you. I have already been in three way conversations with multiple of you guys who've asked your accountability advisor a question, who are not sure about something, who are unclear about the challenge right? Yesterday's challenge was about posting your theme days and your time blocks. If you're not sure what your theme day should be, or you're like, I don't know if this is a good theme day, message your accountability advisor, post it in the thread. And if she can't answer your question, that's what I'm here for. She will get you into the three-way conversation with me so I can help you move forward. Again, you're here. Time, energy, you are here to get results. Make sure that you are truly taking advantage of all of the opportunities that we've presented in front of you. The training, the workbook, the reminders, the thread for homework, and your accountability advisor. Use every single one of those resources to give yourself results, to give yourself that transformation, okay? If you have not connected yet and you don't even know where to start, Gabrielle, who is inside our Facebook group, she's under Gabrielle Marie, She is in charge and leading all of our advisors. Make sure to send her a message, say, hey, I didn't get it. I don't know. Or send us an email, um, reply back to any of those emails. If you're unsure, like speak up for yourself, right? Be the leader, ask for help. If you're not sure and you didn't get it, ask. The people who ask for help are the people who make quantum leaps. The people who ask for help are the ones who truly get transformational results because they optimize and leverage and use 
all of the resources that we have put in front of them. So make sure to do that. Give me a yes in the comments if you have already taken advantage of your accountability advisor. If you have messaged her, if you've been in conversation with her, give me a yes, give me a like. Let me see how many of you have already been in conversation with your people. Okay, Jackie, yes, I'm having trouble connecting with mine. Okay, we'll make sure to get that done. Let me know in the comments if you have already done that. I wanna hear from you guys. Take a couple of seconds here on that, and then we'll dive into today's content. We have so much content to go over today. So many amazing things. Okay. So, yes. Okay. So, Gabrielle's putting that in the comments. We'll make sure to take care of that. If you are not a Facebook user, unfortunately, we cannot give you an accountability advisor because it is in the DMs. Um, it is in the Messenger. But if you want support or have a question, email us and we'll answer those questions. So we can answer it via email. Um, but as far as the accountability goes, that is only in the Facebook group. Um, okay. Awesome. Diane connected with Rachel last night. I love it. Kate connected with Kat. Fantastic. Connected with Laura. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay. Make sure you connect with her. Ask her your questions. You are supposed to get results on anything that I'm teaching you. I want you to get that transformation. So use the resources that we're putting in front of you. Use them, okay? Make sure to get them. Okay, all right. All right, so here we go. Turn to page 16, page 16 which is day three. Um, where we're gonna be talking about how to build a culture of excellence. Now, I've told so many of my personal stories before and how I really developed this company as a result of the struggle that I had as a school leader. I wanted to build an incredible culture of excellence. I wanted to build a beautiful place where all of my teachers and all of the people on my leadership team were excited to show up every day. We're ready to really give their best for the kids, right? For the families. And I developed so many different initiatives as a teacher and hundreds of the initiatives that I have created are actually sitting in the membership vault for our members, our parent initiative programs, all of our different projects on how to help teachers meet deadlines. These are all things that I created while I was a director. And then through the time of being a business owner, we trademarked multiple different of our stuff. We have nine trademarks and dozens of intellectual property that we have designed that are unique for early childhood leaders that are unique for you to get results. These are not templates from Google. These are tested and been used in schools to actually drive results for you as a school leader. Again, real human, right? Real humans creating real systems and product that work in a school, right? Can you imagine actually having a system that works in your school? Not something that you just stripped off of Google or YouTube or some business guru, right? Who doesn't really understand how two-year-olds function, who doesn't really understand what developmentally appropriate practices, who doesn't really understand how to set expectation with a new teacher, with a veteran teacher, with a teacher who has trauma or background story or struggle or divorce or like all of these things, real humans, okay? Let me know in the comments if you're a real human, right? You're a real human if you have struggled, if you have failed, if you struggle with success, if you have fallen off the bandwagon sometimes, even with something that you feel so strongly about, right? You may feel so strongly about healthy eating habits. You may feel so strongly about getting good sleep, but then you fall off the bandwagon. It means you're human. So I want to see how many real humans we have here because there are over 500 people registered. Not everyone's a real human. Some people think they're above that. We want to work with real humans. We want to work with people who are real, 
who have real struggle, who have real success, who try things, it works, and then sometimes they try it and it doesn't work, right? Who sometimes they come in and the thing that worked yesterday now doesn't work today with this kid. Yeah, because kids are a moving target. What worked yesterday might not work today. That's why you can't be a one-trick pony. You have to have multiple strategies. Awesome. Kisty, I'm real. I'm real. I'm human. I fall. I get up every time. Amazing. Real humans. Let me know how many real people we have here. Okay. Because here's the thing. You want to be learning from a real human. You don't want to learn from someone who's never failed. You don't want to learn from someone who tries things and it works for them every single time and everything they touch turns to gold. That is not real, right? Real struggle and like the success and climbing and reaching those goals comes from the sweat, blood, and tears, right? I teach her my scars. I teach her the place of, I have dealt with this struggle. Here I am today, but guess what? I'm human and I still have other struggles. And sometimes I still struggle with those exact same things because I am prone to the exact same distraction and world that you're growing up in. So am I. Right. And so I'm developing the disciplines and the practices consistently honing in on them, surrounding myself with community and membership and coaches and mentors who are guiding me because I am prone to fall to all of those things. And I'm working really hard on it. I'm trying so hard to hold myself accountable and surrounding myself with people that will do the same thing for me. And so that's why I created these communities, because you need that. We all need that. Okay. yes, the struggle is where the learning happens. Exactly. Like That is where it happens. Okay, so let's do this. How to build a great culture. So page 16, let's start with number one. The school culture is an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines. Every single thing that you do has an impact on your culture, okay? Here's how I know this. When I wake up in the morning and I go walking and I take time for myself and I eat breakfast and I make time for prayer and I drink water, guess what? Guess how I show up on team meetings? very, very different than on the days that I skip those things. Now, I work super hard to make sure those are non-negotiables and practices in my life. And 99% of the time I'm doing it, but there is the 1% of times that it just doesn't work. It just didn't happen that one particular morning. There was too much distraction. There was too many things going on. I know when I show up in a way that I'm really not proud of, right? There's those things happen right? We want it to happen less. We want to set up disciplines and routines and practices so they don't happen, but they do. And we want to make sure that we show up more in the way that we want to than in the way that we don't. Okay. So what we're going to do here, I am human growth and process. Yes, you are. Hi, Elise. Oh, it's so good to see you here. Hi. Okay. So in order to get what we want, we have to actually know what we want. Now, I know that sounds super basic, but I know that there are tons of people watching this and listening to the replay and listening to the audio experience and are wondering, yeah, I do know what I want. Okay, so we're going to go through an exercise right now, and you're going to see how hard it is to articulate what it is that you really want. It is freakishly hard to articulate something so basic, and that is why we struggle. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I know that you guys want a culture of innovation and risk-taking. You want a place where your teachers and staff and everyone show up and innovate and take risks and, and try new things and give you feedback and hold you accountable and make the company better, right? You all want that. Let me know in the comments if you want that. Say, yes, I want a culture of innovation and risk-taking. I want that. Let me see how many of you want that. Let's see. Who wants a culture of innovation and risk-taking? Who wants that? Who wants a great culture? 
a place where people show up and want to show up and serve and be there? Let me know in the comments. Awesome. You do, you do. Say, let me hear you guys. I do, I do. Let me hear how many do's. How many I do's can we get here? To the question, who wants a culture of innovation and risk-taking? Yes, yes, I do, I do, I do, I do. Let me hear from you guys. Me, me, good. Good, awesome, Heather. Hi, Tracy, yes. Okay. Good stuff, good stuff. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna co-work. Hi, Nancy. We are going to co-work an exercise now. So we're gonna fill in the blanks. I know that we've achieved the culture of innovation and risk-taking when I see blank. What do I need to actually see to know that I've achieved a culture of innovation and risk-taking? What do I need to hear in the hallways and in the classrooms to know that I've achieved a culture of innovation and risk-taking? What do I need to feel like to know that I've achieved a culture of innovation and risk-taking, right? What does that need to happen? So I'm gonna give you a quick analogy here to help you understand why this is so difficult, okay? When you go into a restaurant, Okay, when you go into a restaurant, you sit down and you order food and the waiter comes to the table and he says, hi, Ms. Wolshansky. So nice to see you. Hi, Connie. What would you like to order? Right. What would you like to have? What's on the menu today? And you say, I want food. And he's like, "Okay, well, what kind of food? And you're just like, I just want food and also something to drink. Okay, but what kind of food do you want? Do you want fish? Do you want meat? Are you vegan? Do you want this? Do you want a salad? Do you want fries? Do you want a dressing? What do you want? Do you want an appetizer? Do you want a main? Do you also want dessert? What kind of dessert? Do you want sweet? Do you want savory? What do you want to drink? Do you want a cocktail? Do you want wine? Do you want red wine? Do you want white wine? Do you want sparkling water? Do you want tap water? Right? There's so many choices. What do you want to eat? What do you actually want to eat? Right? How many of you are resonating with this? How many of you would go into a restaurant and tell the waiter, I want food? No one, right? We tell the waiter exactly what we want. But then we come into our classrooms and we don't know what we want. We don't know what we want to see. We don't know what we want to hear. We don't know what we want to feel. And then we wonder why our places look nuts. And then we wonder why our teachers can't seem to rise to the level of our goals. We wonder why our staff struggle to execute on developmentally appropriate practice, to truly play intentionally with the children, to connect properly with parents, to come on time, right? To follow the attendance standards. We struggle with why are our voices not heard? Why is nobody listening? Why are people taking action? How come I can't go to that next level and break through with it? Well, that comes because we're not clear. So let me know in the comments. Let's take a minute here a couple minutes, put into the comments, what do you want to see? So write see, and then write what you want to see. Hear, what do you want to hear? Feel, what do you want to feel? Okay, let's take a moment. I'm going to stop. I'm going to take some water. I don't want you guys to fill this out. Yes, it's exactly like the grocery store. Yes. So Tracy says, I want to see teachers responding differently to previous challenges. 
Okay. I want to hear teachers working out problems on their own, creating actions to focus on. And she wants to feel the energy in the building on a positive level, reflecting on my own senses, seeing, hearing, and feeling it. Yeah. So I want to hear from a couple more of you guys, and then I'm going to coach you guys. I'm going to give you guys some feedback. Okay. So Amy wants to see respect for children and each other. Okay. Let's take that example. We got to make that even more clear. What does it mean to see respect for a child? Does that mean that at nine o'clock in the morning, the teacher's bending down and making eye contact with the child and saying, good morning, Sam. It's so great to see you and love your green shirt. Come into the classroom. What does respect look like? What does it look like when you hear respect in a teacher's room? What does that look like? What does that sound like? Be specific. Okay. Be specific. What else do we have here? Let me see. Everyone working together to get the job done. What does that look like, Chrissy? What does that actually look? What does it mean that everyone's working together? Does that mean everyone's holding hands and dancing around and doing stuff together? Like, what does that actually look like at nine o'clock, at 10 o'clock, at 11 o'clock, at lunchtime, at break time, at meeting time, at outdoor time, on field trips, morning arrival, dismissal, um, special events, licensing? What does that look like? Super, super, super clear. Because when you're clear, you could set expectation. When you set expectation, you can hold people accountable. When you hold people accountable, you go to the next level, right? First is clarity. What the hell do you want? Okay, what else do we have here? Engage educators. Savannah, what does that look like? What is an engaged educator? Is that someone who's sitting on the floor and playing in the block center with the child, not distracted, and sitting and playing for focused time, meaning two minutes of uninterrupted time. So she's not getting distracted. She's not looking at her phone. She's not having another conversation with someone. She's actually making eye contact and looking at the child for two minutes of uninterrupted time. That's what it looks like in the block center. What does engaging a child look like during transitions? What does it look like when they're lining up the kids to go outside? What does it mean to engage the child during mealtime, snack time, lunchtime, afternoon snack time, right after nap time when they're all groggy and cranky? Oh, it's too light, I'm tired. What does it look like then, right? Real humans, real people, real kids. Real humans, real people, real kids do real shit. Kids wake up from a nap and they're tired and hungry and cranky and groggy. What does it mean to engage a child when they're groggy and cranky, right? Really get specific. This is what we do in coaching calls, right? Right here, right now, I'm coaching all of you. I'm calling all 500 of you guys. This is what we do. You need to get specific. You need to get out of your own head. You need to get out of your own way. You need to look at things from a different perspective and disrupt your thinking. That's how we do things, right? That's how we show up. Okay. So let's see here. Teachers responding with confidence to changes. Mel, what does that actually look like? What does it mean when a teacher shows up with confidence to a change? Maybe that means that she doesn't complain when the change comes. Maybe that means that she gives gratitude and says, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate it right? What does that actually look like? We have to get specific because that's how we create measurements. Okay. Kim, see children and teachers engage in activities together. Teachers asking higher level questions. Great. Now you need to define a higher level question. What does a higher level question mean? Right? That's the difference between basic questions, right? Rhetorical questions to higher order thinking questions, which are open-ended. Right? Rhetorical questions are, are you having fun playing with the blocks? Oh, you're playing with the red car. Oh, are you building a tower? Oh, Sam wants to play with you also. Those are rhetorical questions. They have one word answers. Higher order thinking questions are completely different, right? 
Tell me more about what it is that you're building. That's a new language. That's like learning French. For a teacher who's never spoken like that before, who has never used higher order thinking questions, that's French. She has no idea what the hell you want from her. You actually have to role play with her. You're going to have to train her. You're going to have to go through multiple iterations of role playing with her until she finally understands that's how we speak. And then it's multiple more hours of training until, boom, that becomes her default response, right? Where she stops saying, oh, you're playing with the red car. And she actually starts asking higher order level questions. Let me pause for a second. Tell me if that making sense. Are you seeing the difference between what you're writing and how to be more specific? Give me a yes in the comments. Give me a yes if you're seeing the difference. You're not going to get it here on the first second, right? This takes time. I'm giving you the little teaser right now to get started with this exercise. But let me know how that makes sense. Lots and lots of comments here. Wow, amazing, amazing. Seeing teachers problem solving. Amazing. Yes, yes. I want to see tons of yeses here. Are you seeing how you have to go through this exercise after? And what I want you guys to do is after today's session, I want you to take it deeper and I want you to message your accountability advisor. I want you to tell her here, I did the exercise further. Here's what I wrote. See, hear, and feel. I want you to be doing that. Take action. Do the exercises. Okay. Good. Let's do it. It takes practice. Of course it does. Okay. So let's go to the next page. So teachers are placing safe bets because of fear. They are worried about what's going to happen, right? That is the number one driver for teachers not being creative, not taking initiative, not having ownership, not sharing during teachers' meetings. They are scared. They are scared. They are scared about what's going to happen if I see something, right? What's going to happen if this happens? What is the impact? What is this? They're weighing everything a thousand times in their head. How many of you? have questioned yourself so many times before you made a move, right? Your word, is this creative enough? Do I deserve this? Is it this? Is it that, right? Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to pay off? Is it this? All of that kind of stuff, right? How many people didn't sign up for this workshop because like, oh, is it going to be worth my time? Is it this? Is it that? We question everything. Your teachers do the same thing. Your teachers do the same thing. Same thing. Yes. Yes, it is a lot of time, Erin, but people that are ready to do the work are the people that get results. This is how you separate yourself from the pact, right? I don't work with hundreds of people. I work with 1% of humans. I work with like the 1% of school leaders. School leaders is a tiny, tiny, tiny niche, tiny, super tiny group of people. I only work with 1% of those group of people because those are the people that are ready to do the work. I don't work with lazy people. I work with people that are ready to do the work. People that are ready to roll up their sleeves and say, honey, I am terrified, but I'm going for it. Honey, I am so scared, but help me. Help me not be scared. Help me do it scared. Those are the people that I work with. We don't work with people that need 100% reassurance. Let me tell you something. There is no such a thing as reassurance. When you got married, there is no 100% certainty that it's going to work out. When you have a kid, you do not get 100% certainty that that kid is going to grow up to be a great kid. Nothing in life is 100% reassurance. Nothing. You always have to take a risk. The problem is we are so terrified to bet on ourselves. We are so terrified to believe that we are worthy and deserving of the next stage of growth and development and success in our life. So we stay small. We dim our lights. We are afraid to step up. Your teachers are the exact same way. They are mirroring you. When you step into who you are, when you step into your greatness, when you step into who you are, your teachers will follow you. I'm telling you, you are the cap that you will see in your school. As you grow, everyone grows with you. Everybody grows with you. And when you fall into chaos, whoo, everyone falls into chaos with you. 
That is what happens, right? Again and again and again and again and again. Yes, I really struggle with my own insecurity and need for reassurance. Of course, we all need reassurance. I'm not telling you that you don't need reassurance. I need reassurance. I need reassurance from my husband sometimes. Like, was that, was that like totally crazy how I just spoke to our son, right? I want reassurance. The thing is to make sure that the need for reassurance doesn't cripple you, doesn't paralyze you. We all need reassurance. We all need validation, right? I am the queen who's always talking about giving validation, giving gratitude, giving feedback, giving, right? I do that. And I know that we have to make sure that reassurance doesn't become crippling. It cannot stop you from taking action. You cannot wait to be completely reassured and coddled before you take the next step. You've got to do it scared. Like pee in your pants, like throw up in your mouth scared. Do you know how many times I have done stuff like that? Like throw up in my mouth. I'm so scared to go do something. And I do it anyways. That is my signal. This is terrifying. That means I have to go do it. Right? How many people are like, this is scary. Woo, run in the other direction. Nope. I run right towards it. Right? That's, you got to train your mind to go do that stuff. Right? Train your mind to go there. Okay. Amazing. 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 Right. When you step into our, your teachers will follow you. So teachers never rise to the level of our goals. They will always fall to the quality of their habits and routines. So right now in your school, you don't have a retention issue. You don't have a motivation issue. You have a habits issue. Your teachers have built poor habits through COVID, through going through survival, through navigating a pandemic. They now have really shitty habits, habits that are like, oh, but we can't do that. Oh, but the regulation said this. Oh, but the governor said that. Oh, my God, the licensor said that. Right. They have become the queen of excuses. They become the queen of saying things like, but we can't do that. Oh, but this. Oh, but that. Oh, but that. Right. Everyone's become these crazy, like freakazoid people that are terrified to take action and do anything. Those are bad habits. They've got to change. You have figured out how to navigate it, right? You have your health checks. You have your temperature checks. You have your cleaning protocols. You have all this stuff. Now we take action. Now we take action. You cannot continue to have people here that are terrified. It doesn't work that way. We're 365 days in. This is how we're doing. We're here. We're showing up for the kids. We're being safe. We're doing what we have to do. If you're scared, you can't be here. I can't have fear being in my building. Like I am calling out as it is right now. And there's going to be a lot of people in the comments that want to sign out right now. That's totally fine. We could still be friends from afar. I love you. COVID is not an excuse not to step up anymore. It's not an excuse. You cannot use it as an excuse not to step up. Anytime a director has come onto a call and like, but my teachers are using COVID as an excuse. I tell them straight back, tell your teachers you cannot use COVID as an excuse. We have systems. We have infrastructure. That is not an excuse not to step up anymore. It's not. It's not. You cannot use that anymore. Those are bad habits. So this is what I'm seeing in this industry right now is teachers aren't rising, not because we're not setting good goals. Their habits are so poor. They are so comfortable with playing the victim card and playing the blame game and playing, well, it's not my fault. It's this one's fault. It's the president's fault. It's the governor's fault. It's this one's fault. Stop. That is not how you level up. You warrior up. You take action. And you have to believe that. If you are living in fear, if you are living in the same thing and you are calling the same excuses, and I've been in the DMs, I'm seeing the excuses that so many of you guys are bringing forward. Guess what? Your teachers magnify that by 100. So every excuse that you make, they have 100 excuses to follow after you. You want to be a leader? Take action. Take action. I love it. Hashtag action. Hashtag truth. There we go. There we go. Let go of those insecurities and fears. Take action anyways. Take action anyways. Stop using that as an excuse. Stop. Don't use it. Every time it comes up in your mouth, say, nope, 
not an excuse. Connie said, no more. No more using that as an excuse. No more. Don't use that as an excuse. It's a, it's a lie. It's a myth. It's an excuse. It's not a reason not to step up. It's not. It's just not a reason not to step up. Okay. So we need to learn how to design environments so that our teachers step up. We have to learn how to design the environment now, right? In this COVID afterworld, in this current world of like, okay, how do I design habits right now? How do I set up the building and the classrooms and the teacher's room and the infrastructure and the, the scheduling so that my teachers are rising? So the habits are rising. So people are stepping up, right? What am I doing to make sure that happens, right? So I was talking to an owner a couple months ago and she's like, oh, but the teachers can't, you know, mingle together in the staff room anymore. I said, okay. That is a symptom. You need to figure out how you're going to solve that. You need to create community and you can't do it in the teacher's room. So how are you going to create community? Right. And she thought of a hundred different ideas of how to do it. Right. Think of other ways of how to create it. Don't say, oh, but we can't use the teacher's room. So that's why our culture looks like that. You know, that's why the teachers are. No, you are not a victim of your circumstances. You are the warrior. Remember, only warriors on this call. You are a warrior. So you don't get to say, oh, we can't use the teacher's room anymore. So that's why that's happening. You say, oh, the teacher's room is not available anymore. How are we going to replicate this? How are we going to change this? Give me a like, give me hearts, give me hugs. Show me what's going on or if you're resonating, right? Tell me if you're resonating with this or you're completely like, honey, you're crazy. I'm out of here, right? It's okay. But who is resonating with this? Who is like, oh my gosh, yes, no more excuses. Who, write that, hashtag no more excuses. No more excuses. No more COVID excuses, no more excuses. Especially no more COVID excuses. No more excuses. Love it. Lalita, yes, boom. No more excuses. Hashtag warrior, no more excuses. There we go. Step up and rise. Warrior up. Let's do this, okay? Okay. So now I want you guys, I love this. I love this. I love this. So turn to page 19 in your workbook. Okay. We're going to go into what are the habits and routines that get you to the result that you're looking for in your culture, right? What are those things that you're looking to do within your culture? So right now, some of the habits that I've already taught you guys on day one, we spoke about, whoops, on day one, we spoke about understanding how to set priorities, how to set boundaries. That is habit number one. To build a great culture, you need boundaries. Habit number one. Habit number two that I taught you is time blocking and theme days. That is a second habit that you need to be doing in order to build and sustain a culture of excellence. The third habit that you need to be doing is gratitude. That is the third sustainable habit to consistently up-level. But those are the three level one habits. Those are things that you always do no matter what at the stage of growth, right? And then as you grow and develop, and our members will tell you, we incorporate new habits. Now we layer onto that, right? Now we do the next thing so that your staff could grow to the next level, okay? Every level is a new devil. So you need to constantly be up-leveling yourself in that way. Okay, no more excuses, no more excuses. I love it, I love you guys. Okay, so we're gonna identify what those habits are, right? I already told you that you have the boundaries, you have the theme days, you have the time blocks. We're gonna add gratitude to this. We're gonna come back to this, okay? Because we have to look at what are those starter habits that help me build and sustain excellence? What are those starter habits that 
I have just got to adopt these things if I want to truly grow and sustain the level of excellence that I want. What are those things, right? How am I practically going to do that? So I want to walk you through now how gratitude actually works. Now, by let me know in the comments if you have watched the gratitude, if you listened to the podcast, episode three, The Gratitude Matrix. Let me know in the comments. Um, I listened to the podcast, episode three, The Gratitude Matrix. If you listened to that episode, I want to know in the comments that you did. I'm curious to know how many people are here live that have listened to this episode and know the difference between gratitude and appreciation. Um, and then let me know in the comments what is the difference between gratitude and appreciation, right? We're on page 20. In your own words, write down the difference between gratitude and appreciation. Awesome. Joe, Natalie, Karen, good stuff. Nancy, Kim, awesome, 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 awesome. Okay. Christy, great. So let me know now, loving the podcast, great. What is the difference between gratitude and appreciation? Write it down in your workbook, write it down in the comments. What is the difference between gratitude and appreciation? Hi, Teresa, so good to see you. Awesome, hi, Alicia, amazing, amazing. So many people here with us, thank you. Thanks for commenting, thanks for joining us, thanks for staying in the conversation. So Kim, gratitude is specific to the person, yes. Gratitude is the individual. Appreciation is the same for everyone. Amazing. Oh, love this. You guys are the best students. Okay. Erin, listen to the podcast. Great. Amazing. So we have the difference between gratitude and appreciation, right? So what are the steps that you could take to start showing up with more gratitude, right? Um, so what I'm going to do is we're going to, we have this labeled a little bit differently in here, but I'm going to start, I want you guys to move to page 22 because I have over here 10 ways to build culture, 10 ways to show teachers that they, that you are grateful for them. Okay. Gratitude specific to individual appreciation is for everyone. Amazing. 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 You guys are phenomenal students. I am so proud that the Schools of Excellence mission is continuing worldwide and that people understand the difference between gratitude and appreciation. Fantastic. Okay. So some 10 ways to build culture, right? And these are specific for gratitude, okay? So one of them is the sharing basket, okay? So I'm not gonna highlight all 10 of these because we don't have time for that, but I put them all in the workbook because I want you to have them. So one of them is the sharing basket, okay? What is the sharing basket? It explains it much more clearly on page 23, which is all about how to celebrate wins, okay? Our teachers have to learn how to get comfortable with gratitude. They have to learn how to get comfortable with hearing thank yous and appreciation. And here's why. How many of you, just give me a thumbs up, how many of you have given teachers specific compliments and gratitude only for them to say, Oh, the reason the circle time was great is because, you know, Simon wasn't here today. You know, if Simon was here, the place would be crazy, you know, or you give a teacher a compliment and she's like, oh, well, the, the reason we got that was because, you know, it was gorgeous weather outside. So, you know, the kids were just really well behaved. How many of you have had teachers whoo, deflect right back at you any compliment that you've given them, any compliment that you've given them? There's deflection. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that. Teachers have to learn how to get comfortable with gratitude. We have to learn how to get comfortable with giving gratitude and then understanding how to couple that with feedback. 
Okay. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So celebrating wins is learning how to create a culture where people share their wins and their successes, right? So one of the ideas I always like to talk about is at monthly staff meetings, put a sharing basket. In the sharing basket, everyone takes a card and writes down, my win for the month is blink. Now, it doesn't have to be giant wins, and it shouldn't be. It should always be the small stuff, right? My circle times have become more engaging, or I finally had that conversation with a parent that I've been avoiding. Those are wins. When we can start to learn to see the human side, that there's these wins that people are celebrating that are true wins for them, that is amazing, right? That's how we create a culture of like, I'm winning. That's how we build confidence. That's how we build teachers who continue to take risks and innovate. That's how we build a community where staff want to support and help one another and lift each other up, right? It comes from sharing those things. Exactly. Self-confidence, right? As women, it's hard to take compliments. I know we are so wired to taking critique, to making ourselves small, to being like, oh, that's what you want me to do. Okay, fine. I'll go do that. Right? Like we're so used to doing that. And it's very difficult to step into ourselves and say, oh, thank you. Right? Not, oh, that's a beautiful dress. Oh, I got that in a thrift store. Was $4.99. You should go. Right? No, that is a beautiful dress. Thank you. Right? But it's uncomfortable. It's hard to kind of let it sit there. And then how do we build this culture where staff want to show up for themselves? Right? And you create community with each other. So they understand how they can help one another is I need help with this. And so now you're teaching staff how to call out and ask for help. Um, and make sure you come to Monday session, which is all about how to resolve inner team conflict, because I'm going to be talking there about how do you work with conflict and how do you help teachers understand how to navigate conflict. So make sure you're registered for that Monday session. Okay. Just say thanks. Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. They start questioning why are you complimenting them? Exactly. Because people are wary of that. You have to do it first right? I just messaged, someone just messaged me a couple weeks ago. Uh, what was it like two weeks ago? And she's like, I did the gratitude matrix and it backfired. I gave a compliment to a teacher and, you know, she became all suspicious of me the rest of the day. Like your gratitude matrix doesn't work. Um, and I messaged her back and I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, that that happened to you. The gratitude matrix doesn't work like a wand, right? You're not swallowing a magic pill and now your culture becomes amazing. You start slowly. And of course, in the beginning, they're going to be wary and suspicious because you've never done that before. So of course, they're going to be wary and suspicious. You're the leader. You're the grown-up. You're the one that has to do it. And then you'll see the rewards. You'll see the ripple effect, right? They're going to be wary and suspicious first, okay? We had a client who did it for three consecutive months before she finally to see a return, okay? Those are the people who win. Three months without seeing any return and then bam, the return started coming in like the floodgates, but she stayed disciplined and patient and didn't wait for instant gratification of the gratitude matrix. Nothing that I teach gives you instant gratification because everything that we teach here is worth it. Anything that's worth it isn't instant gratification, period, period. Anything that you want to build in your life, you will not get from instant gratification, right? When I get on the phone with clients, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. The reason they're saying, I don't know if I could do this is because they want instant gratification. They want to pay for something and see an instant result. They want to do something and get an instant result. It doesn't work like that. 
It doesn't work like that in life. You don't get to have a beautiful marriage on day one, right? The young couples who just got married, you don't get to enjoy a beautiful marriage. It doesn't work like that. Marriage and the beauty of the marriage is the couple who's weathered a thousand storms together and still love each other and their love continues to grow. That is beautiful, right? This concept of thinking that we deserve greatness immediately, right when we try, is insane. You have to work for it. Hustle, work for it. You'll get to enjoy it. You will, but work for it. Work for it. Joe, my teachers are loving the gratitude cards and voice memos. I'm getting amazing feedback. Joe has been in our program for like 45 days, right? Not even 60 days yet, okay? And she is already seeing the return. So for her, it's been faster, right? I can't prescribe that. I can't tell you, oh, well, you're going to be exactly like Joe. You're going to see results within 30 days. Do the work. Stop worrying if the work is going to give you the result. We are so worried about ROI all day long. Do it. You will see results. Do it. Okay, can we, be, can we commit to doing the work? Yes, okay. So celebrating wins, leveraging the genius of your people, right? Using all the people on your team to help them step up. That is how we build that amazing culture. Amazing. I've had teachers tell me it meant so much to them. Amazing. Saral is another client of ours uh, for the directors in our circle. Okay, so couple more, again, just go through all the ideas here, notes of nourishment, all of these things, okay? What I want to go back to here is, sorry, give me a second. We had this labeled a little differently. So give me one second. Let me tell you where I need you to go next. Okay, go to page 21. Go back to page 21. I want to talk to you guys about why gratitude is at the foundation of building a great culture? Because the one request in my inbox all day long, in my personal inbox, in my Instagram, in my Facebook, um, everywhere, how do I build a great culture? How do I actually do this? What they're really asking is, Connie, what's a shortcut? How do I get there really fast? And how do I not spend a lot of money? And how do I not spend a lot of time doing it? And the answer is, if you want to do it quickly and you want to do it cheaply, then I'm, this is the place. Because building a culture of excellence is time, discipline, and determination. It takes time and discipline and determination and persistence to really get there. But it starts with a small habit, the gratitude matrix. Okay? So what we're going to be doing here is I want to craft a thank you card with you. And then we are going to co-write two thank you cards for staff so that they could be able to start seeing the impact of the time that you're spending here today. Because I want to help you get some sort of return of the time. And I want to help you see the importance of doing the gratitude matrix and doing this and writing the cards. And whether or not the teacher responds back is irrelevant. You have to do the work. You have to call your shot, right? We call the shot, we do the move, and then when we don't see the return, we get discouraged. So we know this intellectually, but how do we use it in the way that we take action in our life? So I'm gonna read this sample thank you card for you guys so you can see what I'm talking about, right? Dear Jenny, thank you for helping Sam calm down this morning after his mom left. I know he was really upset and you had a lot of other things going on. I see you, I know he was upset, and I know you had a lot of other stuff going on. That is the leader seeing the teacher of you have so much going on and you still notice little Sam. Okay. But here's the thing. Even though you had so much going on, 
You stayed calm and patient through the tantrum. What are you showing here? You are showing the teacher that you value calmness and patience. Through a card, you are showing the teacher what you value as a leader, calm and patience. We are so lucky to have you be part of the team and the children are blessed to have you as their teacher during this challenging season. Thank you for showing up that way. I know it wasn't easy. What is happening here? What would happen if you got a card like this? Let me know in the comments. What would happen if you got a card like this from when you were a teacher? What would happen? If you got that in the form of a card or a voice message, what would happen? Let me know in the comments. I would feel appreciated. What else? Let's go further. Right. I always give the analogy. You wake up in the morning and it's your birthday. Right. And your husband turns over and he's like, hey, happy birthday. Right. So excited for you with an amazing day planned, all the things. Okay. And you're like, so excited. You remembered it's your birthday. And then you're at work and you get a text message and you open it up. And on the text message, your husband says, hey, I'm so excited. It's your birthday today. I have an amazing restaurant planned for us. And I can't wait to see you later. There is a difference between the happy birthday in the morning, right, when he saw you, to the happy birthday text message later. Because the happy birthday text message later was, he is thinking about you even when you're not there. He is thinking about you even when you're not there. So even when I'm not, it's very easy to give gratitude right when you're standing in front of someone. It's a whole different story to show appreciation to someone when they're not right in front of you all day long, physically there, right? And you're sending them a voice message leader or you're writing them a card or you're sending them an email or you're giving them feedback, right? When they're not right in front of you. It would give me a spark in my step. I would feel valued. I would feel noticed, right? It would lift my spirits. I would work even harder. Boom, I would work even harder, right? I feel wanted and needed. These are human needs. Remember, we're human. This is a place for humans. We would feel human, right? Value, desired, wanted, encouraged, appreciated. I would save it. I would put it in the desk area so I could reread it. I feel valued, seen, and heard. This is how you sustain excellence. This is the core pillars and how you build it. And here's the thing. Today, you're going to write two thank you cards. You're going to write two thank you cards to two teachers. And then I want you to screenshot them and put them in the homework for a thread. Put them in the challenge thread so that you're accountable that you did it. Because you don't need to do it perfectly. You just need to get started. And here's the thing. We start something, but then life happens, right? Of course life happens because you're a real person. That is why we do these things. You need community. You need accountability, right? Your accountability advisor is going to message you. Hey, Kim, did you write the two thank you cards, right? They're all going to message you later today and ask you, did you do the challenge, right? Did you do the challenge? Did you take action? Let me see. Post it in the group. Because that is how you get results. You don't get results by sitting and watching me here talk, right? This is super entertaining, right? You're sitting here, you're watching me. I'm standing up here. I'm entertaining. I'm teaching. I'm talking. I'm engaging, blah, 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 all the things. That's not how you get results. You get results after the training's over and you go and freaking do the work. You go and open up a thank you card and you write the message. You close your door so you can concentrate and write something beautiful and meaningful. That is where you get the results. Yes, yes, amazing. 
That is how you get the results. That is how you create the transformation. That's how we do it. Okay. So let's pause you for a second before we bring everything here full, full circle. Before we bring everything here full circle, because culture is not just about gratitude. There's so many things that I taught here today. So I want to hear for a second from you guys before I wrap everything up here is what is that insight that's inside of you that as you went through today's training, you're like, wow, I never thought of that before. Or, hmm, I'm going to go take some new action steps after this. What is that thought in your head and in your heart? that is different as a result of being here for the last 45 minutes? Let me know in the comments. Let me hear from you guys. Okay. Shannon. Hey, Shannon. I don't want to show gratitude. I don't show gratitude and it's really important. I need to step up my game. Awesome. So Shannon, your action step, two thank you cards. That's it. Don't tell yourself I have to step up my game. I have to do better after this. Micro habits. Micro habits build momentum. The micro wins. Two thank you cards. Okay. Awesome, Shannon. Thank you. Christy, I need to get back to showing gratitude consistently. Yes. When we follow the discipline practice. Now, just to let you guys know, at two o'clock today, in our directors in our circle, in our owners group, we are doing a gratitude networking call. All of the owners and directors are coming onto that conversation and they are mapping out their strategic gratitude plans. Okay. How many of you have a plan for marketing? You have a plan for enrollment. You have a plan for prospects. You have a plan for all the financials, right? How many of you actually have a plan for how you're going to be showing gratitude? That is how you build culture. So that's what we're doing over there. At two o'clock, all of our members are coming on there to share their gratitude strategy, what they're doing, how they're going to be laying it out and co-working ideas together, hearing from other people like, oh, we're going to do this. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Sourcing ideas all in one place and then leaving with their gratitude plan. Okay. That's how we do things, right? We really build strategy from the foundational pieces of gratitude. So that's what's going on at two o'clock today. Um, okay, let me see what else is here. Um, okay, my thoughts is, wow, I need to rewatch because I'm so distracted by the regional manager texting about staff exposure to COVID. Yes, ugh is right. Okay, I need to do it. Need to show gratitude. Teachers play safe bets because of fear. I've seen this twice in the last week of situations where this was a huge factor. I love it. Need to get back to doing it consistently, right? So many people start. I see a lot of comments, right? I need to get back to it. We started, we fall off the bandwagon. Human nature, because we all need accountability. That's why you have an accountability advisor. Make sure you reach out to her, right? Use the accountability. Use the accountability. Okay. Um, Alicia, being more specific about my expectation, showing gratitude more frequently, right? Being specific about what you want. What do you want to see? What do you want to hear? What do you want to feel? being specific. What are those habits, right? These are all the things that we need to work on consistently, not one time in 45 minutes, consistently how we need to show up in the world, 
right? Okay. Culture needs our time, our observations, discipline, determination. Yes. I love the idea of gratitude. I'm looking forward to doing that with my team of teachers. Amazing. Um, feeling vulnerable, giving gratitude is hard for me for many reasons. Okay. Yes. Giving gratitude is hard. Kim, I love that you wrote this. Giving gratitude is hard. It's hard because we're shining a light on someone else, right? I can't tell you how many directors come to me and they're like, it is so hard for me to do this, right? Or so many owners come to me and they're like, my directors can't give gratitude. So much of it comes as we're afraid that when we shine a light on someone else, it dims our light. It doesn't. When you shine a light on other people, the room becomes brighter. Everyone gets lifted up. Share away. There's no such a thing as too much gratitude. There is no such a thing as too much gratitude. There is such a thing as too much COVID regulations. There is no such a thing as too much gratitude. Share gratitude from your heart, from your soul. Thank you. Thank you for doing all of the tedious tasks to keep our kids safe and healthy. We appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for doing that. It's arduous. It's laborsome. It's annoying. It's, it's all the things and you're still doing it because you care about the health and safety of our kids. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You can't say that too many times to someone. Every time they have to go do the 70 step checklist, every time that they do it and you say, thank you, you're filling their bucket. They're never like, oh, she says, thank you so much. Oh my God. She should stop giving us appreciation. Find me a teacher who has said that, who has said, oh gosh, Amanda gives so much gratitude. Like she should really pull back on all the raises and bonuses and gratitudes and all the things that she's doing for us. Like she should pull back. She shouldn't give us thank yous that much. Are you kidding me? No one says that because there's no such a thing as too much gratitude, right? But lots of people would say, hey, let's dial back on all these regulations, right? So understand those things, okay? I got discouraged from when my teachers responded poorly. I need to try again and be more consistent. Exactly. Yes, the Yomi, I love it. I love that. I'm going to add gratitude giving to my calendar. Um, way to hold those boundaries so hard. Exactly celebrate the little things. It's always the little things, right? It's always the time that your husband remembered to get you something, right? Or he remembered something on the grocery list that you forgot. It's that little thing of like, guys, thinking about the house, right? Or the time he buys you flowers for no reason. Those are the times that continue to build the love tank and the emotional bank account. It's never the giant things. It's always the small thing. You remember, you see me, you hear me, I'm value, I'm important, right? I'm, I'm desired, I'm treasured. That's what we want to feel. Those are real human woman needs. We want to feel desired. We want to feel reassured. There's a difference in just saying thank you and being truly grateful and being specific while you're grateful. Exactly. These are the foundational pieces, guys. This is where it's at. This is how you build a culture of excellence. Okay. So you know your homework, two thank you cards. Tomorrow we meet, same time, same place. We're talking about work-life integration, how to bring all these stuff together. And you're gonna be hearing from four amazing school leaders who are going to share their stories with you. They are real humans doing real things and they're gonna share their stories of how they implemented gratitude, time blocking, boundaries, all of these things, how they're making it actually work in your school. It's one thing for me to teach you and show you and tell you. It's a whole other thing when you hear from a real life human who's actually has school doors open right now during COVID, open, functioning, operating, full capacity, doing amazing work. These people are heroes, true heroes, right? Not the heroes that are hiding behind things and like saying things. No, no, no. People that are actually doing hard shit. Those are the people you want to hear from. You don't want to hear from the leaders who are not actually doing the work. 
You want to hear from people that are actually doing the work, that are actually getting dirt under their fingernails, that are actually falling face hard down and getting back up again. Those are the people that I want to learn from. I want to learn from people who are in the trenches. I do not want to learn from people that are consultants that are outside of the field and not doing things anymore. I want to learn from people who are in the trenches. Show me what's really happening. This is why I talk to people all day long. I don't stop talking to directors and owners. You know why? I need to stay closest to the pain. I need to stay closest to the pain and the struggle or what I'm going to say is going to become irrelevant. How many times have you heard someone speak and it's like, are you kidding me? That's not what's happening on the field. I know what's happening on the field because I talk to people on the field every single second of every day. you got to learn from the right people. So you're going to hear from these amazing heroes. Okay. You're going to learn from these awesome people. Okay. And remember it's work-life integration, not balance. There's no such thing as balance. I'm going to Plant that seed for you guys for tomorrow. That's what we're going to talk about. Thanks for joining me live. Give me some love in the comments. Tell me your biggest takeaways. So many of you guys share that. Thank you for joining me here live today. Day three is a wrap. Join us tomorrow for day four, work-life integration, one o'clock Eastern here on the Facebook group. Make sure you're on time. We have amazing leaders coming. Um, we have an amazing schedule planned. So excited. Cannot wait to see you all. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.